Hi, this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madge. It's open enrollment time, and selecting a health plan is a decision you may need to make, perhaps leaving you baffled and confused to hear some of the frustrating and unrecognizable healthcare lingo. HMO, PPO, EPO, what do they really mean? How do they differ, and how can you quickly select what is right for you and your family? The acronyms certainly don't help. Comparing and contrasting the copays and monthly premiums may not necessarily be the best method of decision-making. Some plan differences may be subtle and not significantly affect the care that you receive or your pocketbook. But other features of these plans can be actually substantial, costing hundreds to potentially thousands of dollars a year if you're not careful. So, it's vital to learn exactly what you are selecting for you and your family. So let's learn about the most common types of health plans and how to discern what is more appropriate for you. But first, just a short word from our sponsor that truly makes this podcast possible. As a busy physician and parent, I've been an Amazon Prime member for several years now, and I love it. Everything gets delivered to my door in two days. We also cut the cable cord in our house, and we chose to eliminate as much TV as possible. But we use Amazon Prime to also occasionally watch educational TV programs for the kids. They also have tons of movies and shows. Amazon is fast and convenient, and as a bonus, you can watch your favorite shows and movies. If you start from the banner on the quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon website, you help support our network. That's quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon. So there are various plan types, but most plans belong to one of the following three groups. The first one are HMOs, which stand for Health Maintenance Organizations. HMO plans are often less costly than typical PPOs, but Not always. The goal here is to keep the cost down for both patients and the healthcare organization. The physicians are encouraged to practice using evidence-based medicine and to avoid ordering unnecessary tests, especially if their costly orders would not change the doctor's plan and outcome for the patient. For instance, MRIs are one of the most costly tests that are available. But patients sometimes request, let's say, a knee MRI to simply know if there's a ligament or meniscal tear. But unless the patient is contemplating surgical options, an MRI does not provide useful information in many instances and doesn't change the outcome. I've discussed the outcome of a study that showed that sham meniscal surgical repair is comparable to a real one. Check out that article to learn the details. In a nutshell, though, whether there's a tear or not, surgery is not always the best or necessary option, and patients seem to do just as well in the long run if they opt for conservative therapy, such as physical therapy and the tincture of time. Hence, doctors employed by an HMO are encouraged to practice evidence-based medicine, which decreases unnecessary tests and helps keep the cost down for everyone. In an HMO setting, Your primary care physician, or your PCP, becomes the most integral and central person involved in your health. You will need referrals sent by your PCP for all your specialists. 
But patients do not always know when and if they need a particular specialist. And even if they do, they don't always know who to go to. So this referral requirement is typically not a decision maker. For instance, if your blood test reveals that your kidney functions are mildly diminished, patients don't always need a specialist right away. Your PCP knows at what point you should seek that specialist care. Or if you have a new rash, there's often no need to see the dermatologist. Primary care doctors are typically well-trained in dermatology and they see and treat common skin conditions every single day. HMO patients are required to stay within a network of providers. Otherwise, you will need to pay, often fully out of pocket. Therefore, if you are under a particular specialist care and you would like to continue to see the same doctor, if they are not part of the HMO network, you will be required to switch your care to an in-network specialist. And sometimes a referral for preventative services may actually not be required for services like pap smears and mammograms, for instance. Obstetric and gynecology referrals are often unnecessary as well, so if you're pregnant, you can directly schedule an appointment with their department. Doctor copays are standard with an HMO, one to see your primary care doctor and one for any specialist. And the more the patients utilize the system, the higher the expense for the medical group. Therefore, the goal with an HMO model is to keep you as healthy as possible in order to decrease the utilization of healthcare and hence keep costs down. Second, there are PPOs or preferred provider organizations. PPO plans provide a little more flexibility, at least in terms of referrals, which are not required by your PCP. You can simply call to schedule an appointment with a specialist of your choosing. But be certain that they accept your health plan first because there is often still a preferred network of doctors. But patients can go outside of the network for a higher copay and or a share of cost if they choose to. As a result, PPOs are often more costly. Out-of-pocket costs are typically higher with PPOs and understanding what your deductible and copays for office visits, labs, and tests are crucial. So think of it as more of a fee-for-service type of model in which providers and or the medical group that they're employed with get paid per procedure and office visit. So more procedures and services mean higher compensation. And then lastly, there are EPOs or exclusive provider organizations. EPOs are a hybrid of PPO and HMOs, incorporating features of both. The essence of an EPO is to require patients to stay within a network of providers like an HMO, but they do not need a referral to see these doctors within that same network. So, what should you think about when you're choosing between these three types of plans? Well, here are my four tips to help you choose a health plan. Number one, as the very first step, estimate how often you will need office visits, labs, imaging, etc. If you have a chronic health condition like diabetes or COPD that requires more frequent visits and services than a plan with a lower copay, but perhaps with a higher monthly premium may be more optimal. But if you're healthy and you see the doctor perhaps once or twice a year, it may be more prudent to select a plan with higher copays but lower monthly premiums. 
Number two, review your medication list and the corresponding copays for each and then compare it to the various formularies of the plan options. This one small step can actually save you a lot of money because health plans have their own formularies or preferred medication lists. Therefore, comparing and contrasting the cost of your medications, especially if you're on a brand rather than a generic drug, can be essential for some people's wallets. Number three, if you have a specialist that you particularly like, research if they accept the plans that are available to you. This may be a deal breaker for some. And lastly, you can always forego your employer's plan and opt for an affordable care plan instead. I'm always surprised to hear that patients are not aware of this choice. Sometimes Obamacare is less costly. So go to your state's corresponding affordable care website to compare. And they often give you quotes even after a few simple questions. So share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. If you learned anything here today, or if you simply enjoy all things medical, then you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctor podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. But please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. This content does not substitute any medical advice, and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. Please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. Catch you next time.